Today's episode of Sisters Who Kill is sponsored by Illuminating Intersectionality, a new three-part video series brought to you by Target's Black Beyond Measure platform hosted by some of our faves, Fran from Hey Fran Hey and the Friend Zone podcast, and Chef Jade of All Jades and Dr. Takia Robinson of Getting Grown Podcast. This series features dynamic discussions about identity, power, intersectionality, all of honoring the beautiful complexity of black womanhood. And y'all know that's what we're all about over here. Conversations cover topics such as race, class, socioeconomic status, education, food and food access, cultural expression and more. In addition, brilliant black women owned companies like Minted Cosmetics, Essie Spice and Partake Foods are highlighted throughout these discussions. So make sure that y'all check out Illuminating Intersectionality on Loudspeaker Network's YouTube page, premiering November 7th, 2022 at 6 p.m. And you can join the discussion with everybody with Dr. Takia Robinson, Fran, and Jade of All Jades live on Twitter featuring... Target founders K.J. Miller of Minted Cosmetics, Essie Bartels of Essie Spice, and Denise Woodard of Partake Foods, and some of your favorite black women social media personalities like Crystal West, Sylvia Obell, Scotty Beam, and Jasmine Lawson. And make sure you use the hashtag IIBBM and hashtag Black Beyond Measure to share your perspectives. Once again, don't forget this story today was brought to you by Illuminating Intersectionality, a three-part series brought to you by Target's Black Beyond Measure platform, hosted by our favorites. You know them, I know them, Fran, Chef Jade, and Dr. Takia Robinson. Check out Illuminating Intersectionality on Loudspeakers Network YouTube page, premiering November 7th. That's this upcoming Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be there, will you? Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Now, in a lot of true crime cases, they say that your assailant is somebody that you most likely know. But what happens when a total stranger decides to go out and have a little fun? If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Michael Muchioki, victim, Nia Hawk, victim, Darmelia Lawrence, the lookout, Shaquan Bellamy, the murderer, and Latanya Bellamy, our murderess. 
Latanya Bellamy was born on October 5, 1990 in Jersey City to her mother, Tiffany. She had a pretty traumatic childhood. She was sexually assaulted by a family member that she was staying with beginning at age six, and she actually spent most of her upbringing in the not-so-caring arms of the New Jersey Childhood Protective Services. But Latanya, she really didn't let any of that hold her back. She had no juvenile record, despite her traumatic upbringing. She was considered a good girl, somebody that got good grades, that didn't really get in trouble at school or at home. And even as a and even as she was crossing into adulthood, she was still keeping her nose clean. So here it is. It's 2010. Latanya is 19 years old. She's attending Felican College in New Jersey. She had dreams of becoming a social worker in hopes of counseling troubled youth. You know, she had a hard past. She just feels like the system is messed up. The system is broken. She's been a part of the system. And you got to be the change that you want to see in the world, right? On April 4th of 2010, while home on spring break, LaTanya was spending time with her cousin, Shaquan Bellamy, who was also 19. Now, unlike LaTanya, Shaquan has had many run-ins with the law. He served time in prison from March of 2009 to October 19, 2009, for drug possession with intent to distribute. He was also described as a quiet kid. LaTanya, Shaquan, and their friend Darmilla Lawrence and Wajira Rush were at Shaquan's house. The cousins were close, both 19, been together since diapers, so, like, like when I say close, I mean close. This favorite cuz, yeah. Right. LaTanya tells Shaquan that she's always wanted to shoot a gun. She want to know what it feel right, right? And Shaquan's like, listen, cuz, you know, I got one. I'll show you how to shoot a gun. Ain't no thing. And he was like, you know, I got another one at home, too, so we can get it popping anytime. So now it's around 2.30 a.m., and they take the guns out to, um to town. Now, Wajira stays behind. You know, some people got that gut feeling and they don't want no part of no bullshit and they just count themselves out and that was probably what it was. But for whatever reason, did not go with them, right? So, Shaquan has his two guns and he's even named one of them because it's shoddy, right? So, it's Shaquan, Darmelia, and Latanya driving around for a bit and they decide that they're going to take their guns and carry them on them, right? So they're walking around, taking turns, holding the game. And Shoddy ended up in Shaquan's camouflage jacket. And Latanya hit the other handgun in her coat pocket. So around the same time, Michael and Nia, they were celebrating their engagement party. They had about 15 of their closest friends and family at Delta's in New Brunswick. It's a restaurant. They indulged in catfish, stuffed pork chops, and more. Girl, I went on this website to look at the menu because you know I'm fat. <laughs> look good, okay? Um, at around 10 p.m., the couple, they were like, okay, they finished their dinner. It was very nice. They actually had a larger get-together at a club kind of lounge scene, and they were there to about 2 o'clock in the morning. Now, Nia was 25, and Mike, also known as Mikey, Mike, you know how to go, he was 24. They were college sweethearts. They were very outgoing, super positive people, Think people that people love to have around. They were extremely popular among their peers. The couples met in Greek life because Mike, was Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated and Nia was Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. They actually went to do two different schools, 
But Greek life, you're going to know everybody that's around that area. And mm. <laughs> baby, they knew each other. Now, Michael, he attended the New Jersey Institute of Technology, but he actually left school early because he already had a job as a software engineer in Jersey City. So my job and my career path was already there. One of his friends said, like, Michael's that type of person that he loved to smile. He loved to laugh. He liked to, he was the person that you came to if you had a bad day and he would be able to turn that day around. He was just one of those people that was a good friend. You know those people that really know how to be a good friend? Yeah. He was that person. Same thing with Nia. They, she was, they were like, listen, hugest smile. And when I saw pictures of her, I was going through one of their slideshows. It was very sad to go through their slideshow um, that somebody made for them. I mean, she had the clearest skin, huge smile, beautiful, like really beautiful girl. Now, Nia, she graduated from the College of New Jersey and was an associate producer for an affiliate of Nickelodeon in New York. So they were doing very well as a young couple about to get married. It sounds like the perfect time to get married too. She put on a post. I found this from that, uh, very that very sad video. I found this from their very so I don't know if it was a tweet or a Facebook status, but she put um hashtag I'm attracted to men that spoil me like Mike does. He does a pretty good job. <laughs> I know that's right, girl. So they were planning to have their dream wedding in Aruba the following year in April of 2011. While they were out that night, they had left the club. It was about two o'clock and they actually ran into one of their friends, Lance Alexander. He arrived to the party late. We done had a dinner and a party and you came at two o'clock in the morning. What were you doing, Lance? (laughs) Never on That is you because I'm I'm thinking about what you told me about the class reunion and that's very much you. But (laughs) and he... He almost pulled at you, but he was like, oh, man, I love you guys. Congratulations. And they were sat and they sat outside and talked for a while. He was like, y'all hungry? Like, you know, let me go buy y'all some late night dinner or Waffle House or whatever. They don't have Waffle House up north. He asked for late night dinner, according to the sources. (laughs) So sorry for you guys. I know. I know, but that's like the perfect thing. So he was like, let me buy y'all, you know, whatever late night dinner. And they were like, no, Mike was like, no, we, we didn't have the dinner. We didn't have the party. We didn't have the, it's time for us to go home. It's time for us to call us call a night. It's been a lot of excitement for one day. Streaming October 6th on Paramount Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land. But come back. There's something else. Something's wrong. Continue. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. That evening, morning, it's now 3 a.m. The couple has arrived at their home on Randolph Avenue and they began unpacking the gifts from the trunk of Nia's Honda CRV. It was. Then, that Latanya, Shaquan, and Darmelia stumble upon the couple while they're walking. Shaquan shouts out to Latanya and Darmelia like, hey, let's get them. Hey, it's them. Let's get them. And Latanya and Shaquan step out from in front of the car and they ambush the couple. Shaquan points Shadi at the couple and demands the car keys and told the couple to get on the ground. Shaquan then, boom, shoots Michael in the head, execution style, with the shotgun while his fiance lay beside him. He looks at Latanya and said, you said you want to shoot a gun, shoot the fucking gun. So with the pistol, she squeezes the trigger, fires three rounds. One misses, one shoots Nia in the head, and the last one shoots Michael in the butt. While Michael and Nia lay dead on the ground, the trio continued to rob the couple of gift cards, cash, their cell phone. They took Nia's engagement ring. 
everything, right? They attempted to steal the couple's car, but there was a lock on the steering wheel preventing them from driving away. So they flee the scene. So Michael's sister, Amanda Muchioki, lived with the couple and she was home that night. And she hears the couple come home and everything that happened outside. Now, when she hears Shaquan yelling, followed by that loud bang, she runs into another room, grabs her cell phone, calls 911. Then she hears three more shots. Like, after she's called 911, she's hiding in the house. She's terrified. Her brother, her future sister-in-law, their attacker is probably going to come in the house for her. Like, why not, you know? So the police arrive five minutes later. That was quick, fast. And she comes outside, and she sees Nia and Michael lying dead on the ground. Now, a neighbor also heard the first gunshot while lying in bed and ran to her window. And at her window, she sees Shaquan, Latanya, and Darmelia get into the couple's Honda. She got back into bed. Wow. <laughs> she got back into bed and heard three <laughs> other shots. And that's when she... I just knew. realized you were wowing at the neighbor. Yeah, that's the time to go. Oh. You don't know who's right across the street from you? I hear a gunshot. I see three strangers get into my neighbor's car. I crawl back in bed. Make it make sense. Yeah. As she's back in bed, she hears the three other shots, and that's when she knows for sure guns were fired. I guess she didn't know what was happening the first time, but now she's for sure. So she runs back to the window. She sees the trio jump out of the car and run down the street. Now, as the group is running, Shaquan discards the couple's wallets, which contain credit cards, driver's license, and cell phone. He gave Latanya $40 that he had taken from the victim in hopes that this will keep her quiet, you know? Good job, shawty. Um, It's definitely going to take more than $40, but cool. Shaquan returned to the apartment where Rajira saw him out of breath with a shotgun, some cards, and a ring, which he throws on the dresser. The family and friends of the victims were obviously distraught and stunned that this could happen to this young couple that was doing so well on the night of their engagement party. Michael's mother, Sandra, said that her heart had been ripped out and that she was going to celebrate him for the rest of their lives. Now, Lance, the guy that was the last friend to see them alive, he said, quote, their heads were so well together. That's why it's so hard and heavy on everybody. They were not in trouble. They didn't keep that type of company. To be brutally murdered, it's absurd. And I get that. Like, you know how you got the goody two-shoe friends that mm -hmm. you know ain't going to be in shit? Mm -hmm. And you're like, how are they in some shit? Mm -hmm. When the police initially came to the scene, they were like, okay, this looks like a robbery and a botched carjacking. At first, they had very little to go on. They had a single fingerprint that was left on the car and then descriptions of the assailants from the neighbor. On April 6th, Shaquan actually got picked up by the police, but not because of this. It was because he had a warrant way back in January from violating parole. And they were like, no, 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 you forgot how this thing goes. Back to prison, you go. And he was sent back to jail on a $2 million bail. Now, the first real break in the case was that they were able to identify the fingerprint. And the fingerprint belonged to Darmelia, which means that Darmelia definitely was involved in something, right? They had her fingerprint. She was brought in for questioning, and she spilled all the tea. She said everything that we told you, except for she says that Latanya specifically said to Shaquan she wanted to rob somebody one day. Like, you know how we said that she said that she wants to shoot a gun one day? Uh-uh. That's not what Darnelia said. Darnelia said that she said she wants to go rob somebody. 
And he was like, you know, I rob people all the time. <sighs> now, Darnelia's whole thought process in this is, you know, I'm going to tell everything that I know because I didn't pull the trigger. At this point, I was just lookout. I did not touch the guns. I saw them with the guns. Yes, I was with them. And I will tell you everything that happened. But what I did not do is pull a trigger. Following Darmelia's interrogation, the prosecutor's office asked Latania to come down to the station for questioning, and she did voluntarily. She gave a video-recorded statement implicating herself, Darmelia, and Shaquan in the double murder and robbery. In her statement, she claimed that though she did fire the handgun, she did not hit Nia, and that she only fired the gun once in the air before Shaquan used both guns to kill Nia and Michael. Now, later in the interview, she also says that she fired in the air once and then once into the ground. And then she gave a third version that she shot twice into the ground until finally she admits that she doesn't know whether the bullets hit Nia. She claims Shaquan demanded that she hand over the gun, which he used to deliver the kill shot to Nia. That was the story's final thing that she landed on. But the coroner's report gave a different story. Michael's autopsy demonstrated that he died from a near-contact gunshot wound to the head and the one to his buttocks, which was delivered from a great distance. So follow me. Gunshot wound, very close to the head. It was in contact with. The buttocks shot was from at least 18 inches away. Nia's autopsy revealed that she died from gunshots from a distance greater than 18 inches to the back of her head and her left thigh that appeared to have hit the pavement before entering the body. So the missed one. So the math ain't mathing because why would Shaquan shoot Nia from nearly three feet away and then Michael in point blank range? with two different guns. Right. So the police search Shaquan's apartment while he remained in custody, where they find a bloody camouflage jacket in the closet, along with Shoddy in the edit. We should have made Shoddy a character. Now, they also find Nia's engagement ring. They sent everything off for testing, and Michael and Nia's DNA were found on the jacket and on the shotgun. On April 10th of 2010, the day of Michael's funeral, Latanya, Demilia, and Shaquan were arrested and charged with felony murder, armed robbery, and weapon counts. Now, Shaquan was already in jail for the parole violation, but, you know, now we're trumping up charges. Latanya and Darmelia's bail was set to $1 million. Shaquan's not getting any bail because you just violated parole, so you can't handle yourself anyways. The couple was buried next to each other, and they placed Nia's wedding ring on her finger and buried her with it. So my understanding is they got her a whole new wedding ring? Probably the band. Because, yes, because her wedding ring was still, you know, and we haven't gone to trial yet. Well, that's more her engagement ring. You know, the wedding ring is the band. My understanding was, is that there was a rock, but I, okay. nothing actually said that. Maybe I made that up in my mind because if <laughs> I die, y'all better put a rock on me. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. This winter is here, and if your skin is anything like mine, then it's time to find something that will nourish your skin throughout these cold winter months and throughout the rest of the year. That's why I am so excited about my girl Crystal and her company, NK & Co., 
NK & Co. is a handmade plant-based hair and body line that aims to improve the overall hair and skin health of people while also spreading the African culture to those of the diaspora and natives alike. Their mission is to create handcrafted products that are safe and beneficial for all skin and hair types, including individuals with sensitive skin. So if you have eczema, if you have naturally sensitive skin, if your skin is changing because it's the winter, NK & Co. has stuff for you. If you're trying to grow that hair off, you're trying to make sure that scalp does not itch, NK & Co. has something for you. If you want some body butter that's going to make your skin feel silky smooth, that lasts a long time, a little goes a long way with NK & Co. because those body butters can last up to three whole months. I ain't lying to you. NK & Co. is who you need to check out. I'm talking beard oil, face oil, hair oil, body butter scrub, and a face mask. Any type of irritation that you have on your hair, your skin, your body, NK and Co. can help you soothe that irritation and smell good while doing it. And right now she has something special going on. So make sure that you check out her Instagram, nkn.co on Instagram. That's at nkn.co to check out what amazing products she have. Trust me, I feel good already. Now enjoy the show. All three were tried separately, and your Latanya was the first to stand trial, which began on June of 2012. While on stand, Latanya spoke in soft tones, maintaining that she never shot anyone. She testified that Shaquan was the only one who forced the couple on the ground and shot Mike on the head with the shotgun. He looked at her and demanded that she fire the handgun, and Latanya said, if I had a chance to run, I would have ran. She claimed that Shaquan would have killed her if she refused to do what, she, what he said. She says that she was paralyzed with fear, so she fired the handgun into the ground away from the couple. She also stated that the $40 she stole was only to reassure Shaquan that she would not go to the police. She said, I was afraid he's going to kill me if I didn't, because then he was going to think I was going to the police. Now, Latanya's testimony contradicted her recorded interview with the police, where originally she claimed Shaquan killed both victims with both guns. The Hudson County prosecutor, Michael D'Andrea, aggressively questioned Latanya on her inconsistent statements. He pressed her, saying, Were you lying then or are you lying now? And she says, I was lying then. She then goes on to testify that she was not aware of Shaquan's plan to rob, shoot, or carjack anybody. She testified that she did not willingly participate in any of the crimes, and though she did tell Shaquan that she wanted to fire a gun, she did not plan to shoot anybody when they went outside. When they went outside that I thought night. we was just... <laughs> listen, you know, you listen, I thought that we were shooting... Well, I thought range. we were sh shooting old old cans. Right, you can go to woods and shoot. I was cans. just talking to my cousin on this trip that I went on. I was talking to my cousin because he had his gun, and I was like, "I want to shoot this gun, this gun." He was like, "Well, it ain't nothing." And I was like, "And I can, I need to go to a gun range." He was like, "Well, you just need to come out to the country. Right, the country is where we go shoot. Right, you know everything gonna be fine. Go to the woods, set up some cans, little fake targets, pop, pop, pop. You get it done. You know, nobody has you to know? die." <sighs> And if y'all are this, this is the city, right? I don't know what it's like in Jersey. I'm not from there. But, like, I'm thinking about things that I see on TV. Y'all could have gone under a bridge or some shit, popped some cans, popped some broken glass. <laughs> so she, you know, tells him it was never my intention to kill or hurt anybody. But she did have a gut feeling that something was going to happen. 
Latanya said that she spoke with investigators voluntarily because she wanted to tell the truth about what happened. As for the inconsistency, she argued that she was tired when she gave her statements and she just wanted to get through the process. She testified that she wanted to go to the police right after the killings, but the prosecutor noted that she had only come forward five days later and only after learning she was being sought out anyways. I wanted to come up and tell the truth, but I went down there and lied and gave four different stories. <sighs> okay. Her defense is like, okay, we need to, you know, savage her image. And then they call up four friends to be character witnesses that testified that Latanya was a great student, a great friend. She was honest. She was a person of integrity, you know, trying to sway the jury. Another thing that they brought to light was that, you know, Shaquan had threatened everybody at this point. Latanya was threatened. Darnelia was threatened. Everybody was under Shaquan's rule. We couldn't say nothing because Shaquan was going to get us if we said something. If I didn't shoot them... He was going to shoot me, so I had no choice in the matter. In the prosecutor's closing arguments, they noted that witnesses heard a boom following by the three pops. He said that evidence shows that LaTanya fired one round that struck Nia in the head, a second round in the buttocks, and a third that missed. When the shotgun was recovered from Shaquan's house, it had two cartridges, but it could hold three. And the prosecutor said, quote, You know where that round was? It was used to shoot Mike. He was telling them there was absolutely no need to give, get another gun. He had two whole rounds left. Therefore, why would he shoot the other handgun? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The prosecutor said, we know that that handgun goes pop, 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 and she finished the job. Latanya's defense attorney asked the jury, is this a case about who did it or is this a case about who did not do it? This is a case about her being brought into something in which she had neither the mental state nor the reason to be a part of. She would have had to have intent. She would have had to have the same shared intent with her cousin. And she did not have that same intent. I mean, the defense also was like, listen, listen, don't y'all forget that... She talked to the detectives voluntarily. Remember, she was in there scared, nervous, tired, hadn't slept, hadn't eaten, all of these things that happened. Shaquan is threatening her. And on top of that, the reason that y'all found the cell phone, the wallet, all, the credit cards, all the, mis the, the ring, all of the reason that you found that is because Latanya was being cooperative throughout this entire investigation. Isn't that already showing that she has some type of remorse? is trying to do the right thing. Now, one of Michael's family members during the trial spoke to Tiffany, which remember, Tiffany is Latanya's mom. And they were talking while the jury deliberated, because the jury deliberated actually a while on this one. And she said to Latanya's mom, or that family member said to Latanya's mom, you know, I don't blame your daughter. I definitely blame Shaquan. And Tiffany was like, you know, I blame him too. It was really wrong for them to lose somebody. This is madness. On June 21st, the jury returned with a verdict. They were out for less than a day, and they found Latanya and they found Latanya guilty of murdering Nia, the felony murder of Nia and Michael, robbery, carjacking, and four weapon offenses. When this happened and she found out that she was guilty, she really didn't show much emotion. Right behind her sat her mother who was just distraught. I mean, her mother was, had her hands in her head. She was just like, so sad that how could this have ever happened? And she was telling the press, she was like, you know, she had a plan with her life. I had a plan, you know, 
and you love somebody and love blinded her, which I really don't get. I guess you love your cousin. But, you know, I mean, I love my cousin, but I ain't going to shoot shoot with you, bro. <laughs> um, I ain't going to kill with you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, all you, you got it. Right. And she was like, I love my daughter with all my heart. If I could trade places with her and so that she could get out and she could just continue her life, I would. I mean, I want everybody to know that I am here for her. A mother's love I'm would never you. fade. I don't really know where she was when she was in foster care this whole time. I really don't know that to you or her abusive childhood or why she was at the hands of somebody that sexually assaulted her at the time. But, you know, I can, I don't have I don't have a mom and to call her. But I'd like those questions answered. On the other side of the courtroom, Michael's mother, Sandra, each time they said guilty, she just nodded. They said something, something guilty, nodded all the way through. In August of 2012, Darmelia decided that she was going to go ahead and plead guilty to four counts of armed robbery in connection to the slayings and two other unrelated homicides. She admitted to participating in the robbery as well as acting as a lookout for Latani and Shaquan, who she said committed the murders. Nia's uncle reminds the court that, quote, my niece was doing an awesome job at being a decent citizen of the United States, and they took her life because of mere stupidity. Now, on February 8th of 2013, LaTanya was up for sentencing. She ends up getting sentenced with life and a, a consecutive 30-year term, and she must serve 93 years before becoming eligible for parole. Now, during her sentencing hearing, LaTanya maintained her innocence and told the prosecutor that there was no hard feelings, even though you and the jury have convicted the wrong person. She said she was an honest person with dreams of counseling troubled kids as a social worker. Along with the sentence, the judge also handed down a few harsh words, stating, I have never been exposed to such a deviant and senseless act. The defendant does not possess normal impulse control and is capable of extreme violence if released. It is highly likely that she will offend again. In other words, girl, what you did was dumb. You showed me that you have no common sense, and now we can't trust you in society, so you don't get to be a part of it, ever. I'm going to make sure of it. Now, Shaquan went through two trials in 2013 after the jury was hung during trial number one. He had to stand a separate trial for f killing five people over a two-month period. So this crime that we're talking about took place in April of 2010. But this was not his first rodeo. On February 2nd of 2013, he murdered 26-year-old Lester Thompson and 17-year-old Malik Richardson. He was also charged with the murder he committed on March 27th of 2010, the murder of 20-year-old Lamont Wright. Now, in his second trial in September of 2013, the jury heard testimony from Darmelia as a part of her plea agreement. And she testifies that she saw Shaquan shoot Michael with the shotgun. She also noted that though she did not see LaTanya kill Neil, she heard three pops after she saw LaTanya with the handgun. She did not hear Shaquan demanding the handgun. When Shaquan was found guilty, he repeatedly slammed his fist on the defense table, screaming and cussing everybody out. He was removed by the courtroom by five officers, and a judge sentenced Shaquan to two consecutive life sentences for Nia and Mike. His parole date is September 23rd, 2154. How do you even say it? 20, do you say, are we I just don't even know how we're saying years at that time. 2153? Right. 200, 2154. That's an ugly class year. 
Oh, it's a graduating class of 2,154. Like, they can't be cute how we were. 2012. Even the 20. It's not supposed to be the and. What's her name? What was what was the uh, woman? No, it's 2,154, not and. 2,154. No, 2,154. Yeah, you kept saying and. Did I? I really felt like I wasn't. Okay. His parole I was about to say, come on, you had Crazy Brooks, and that was her thing. Because <laughs> an and is a Crazy decimal. Brooks, you can, uh, and is a decimal. <clears throat> Anybody going headed to school today? The and is a decimal. <laughs> I feel like we would probably say 2154. Okay. Class of 2154. That's I can do that. ugly. His parole, <laughs> his parole date is September 23rd, 2154. 132 years from now. After his trial, it was time for Demelia to have her sentencing, and it took place on June 4th, 2015. Before her sentencing, a tearful Demelia turned her face to both Nia and Mike's family, and they were like, I know. I know that nothing I can say will bring your family back, but I surely do apologize for everything. Everything that happened. When Darmelia was asked why she didn't go to the police sooner, she explained that she feared Shaquan. She said that she actually tried to call the police because she was so scared. And he caught her calling the police. And he told her that if anything happened, that he was going to get her mother and her children. A judge sentenced her to 20 years in prison. He noted her cooperation in the trial and said that there was no evidence that she was armed or participated in the assaults. Nia's mother, Majida, was deeply disappointed in the sentencing. And she said that, you know, it really felt like today was a robbery, that it minimized Nia and Mike's life. It was like their lives meant absolutely nothing. Now, Demilia will be eligible for parole in 2027. It's a big difference in them numbers. Whew. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael's mother, she did feel some type of closure from this. She said, you know, it's going to be a lifelong process for them because every holiday they go and look around and they see all the kids coming from the next generation. And they're like, damn, I wonder if I bet Mike and Nia would have had kids by now. Ugh, my heart. Um, Now, LaTanya, she appealed, of course. She appealed on the grounds that the jury instructions were not great, that there was some misconduct during summoning, and that the sentence was excessive, and that it was just an all-around error of a trial. The state said, okay, um, we're not going to give you a new trial, but how about this? We give you a resentencing. At the 2019 resentencing hearing, she was given the same sentence of life plus 30 years. She also maintained that she did not fatally shoot Nia. In 2021, LaTanya appealed again on the basis that the court did not allow her access to her Division of Child Protection and Permanency Records, which detailed her time in the care of the state, as well as the time she was under the care of a family member who allegedly sexually abused her. She argued that those details could have been used to get her a more lenient sentence. She remains in Edna Mahan Correctional Facility, where she obtained an associate's degree in Raritan Valley Community College and is close to completing a bachelor's degree at Rutgers University. Congratulations, you know how hard girl. it is to get into Rutgers? That's what I'm saying. Congratulations. <laughs> 
All right. So, all right, y'all. All right, y'all. So here's some tea. So earlier in 2022, that's right, Latanya began a sexual relationship with an inmate that was in the prison with her. Now, the inmate, her name is Demi Minor. Now, Demi actually is a trans woman prisoner living in the woman's facility. Now, Demi went to prison for a homicide, killed her foster dad because she was like, you're the reason why I was sexually assaulted and beat it up. You, you know, you're it's one of those, I killed the person that was supposed to be my protector. Mm. So went to prison. I, I also think that at some point, I mean, just thinking about the life circumstances, foster care from the age of six, it seemed like, I mean, would be a whole nother case in itself, right? Maybe I should stop telling you guys. <laughs> I'm just going to Google it. So Demi... They get into a relationship. They fall in love. According to LaTanya, they found love in a hopeless place. They hopeless found love in a hopeless place. Ace. Okay. Um, and LaTanya finds out that she's pregnant. But LaTanya is not the only person pregnant. Demi got two inmates pregnant at the prison. After that, Demi was moved to an all-male facility. And there's actually a website called justice4demi.org where they're trying to get Demi in the prison that she identifies with. And on there, LaTanya writes on one of the walls, she writes in all caps, I was not raped. Because that's, you know, that's the big argument, right? That a trans prisoner is going to rape one of the women. She's like, I wasn't raped. I was not forced. This is my woman. Right. We it was consensual. We fell in love. That's how it happened. So what? I'm in love with a trans woman. So what? You know, she continues to defend the relationship and it was like, you know, we're in prison. Like being together, we were each other's safe haven. This wasn't some like crazy movie thing that you that you heteros are trying to put on it. This was actually us falling in love. Um in a blog post, Latanya wrote, quote, <clears throat> While I do accept accountability for my actions of falling in love, I find myself being in a place of fault, which is unfair to me because several blind eyes were turned. Our love was known and not hidden, yet forbidden. A child is going to be born. What is going to be done to assure that a mother can spend an adequate amount of time with her baby before separation? As I'm sure most of y'all know, most incarcerated women are allowed only 24 hours with their newborns in the hospital. After that, the baby either goes to the foster care system or under the care of a family member. In early October, Latanya gave birth to her baby girl, Justice Minor. Now, Mike and Nia are now remembered by the Love Mike Nia Foundation. The Love Mike Nia Foundation provides scholarships to students who attend either the New Jersey Institute of Technology or the College of New Jersey, each of their uh, respective colleges, each academic year. In 2019, the foundation had their scholarship fundraiser at Delta's restaurant, the same place where Mike and Nia shared their last meal. Oh, little Justice Minor. I wonder who she goes to. I mean, she's cute. She's a cute little baby from this little baby, little itty-bitty baby picture I can see. But mm -hmm. you already born into a very long life of... Who knows, you know? Yeah. 
All right, y'all. It's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have gotten away with it. I ain't do it, but if I did out of shotguns in the backyard or at a gun range, I ain't do it. But if I did, I'm not playing lookout because <laughs> accomplice is just as guilty. I ain't do it, but if I did... If you left the house with a bad feeling in your stomach that y'all, something was bad was going to happen while y'all was carrying guns, listen, I don't want anything bad happening to me involving a gun, okay? I don't care if I'm shooting it or the one receiving it. Either way, it doesn't end up good. If you had that feeling, you should have stayed your ass at home. I ain't do it, but if I did, as... Clearly, she got called in by the police. She knew that she was going to be telling about these murders. She knew that she was going to be telling some type of the truth. The first thing that she should have done is gone and got a lawyer. You know that you're about to go to confess to a very big crime. I ain't do it, but if I did, if you do not go and get a lawyer, maybe you're worried first. I don't know why. If you choose to not do that, it's your right. You need to be sure of what story that you're going to tell so that you... And think about it, journal it, burn it afterwards, and figure out what story is not going to have so many holes in it that you will still be on the right side of the law. I ain't do it, but if I did, you know, some people you just can't hang out with. You know what I'm saying? No matter how much you love them. Cousins, family, people don't even hang out with their own siblings sometimes. You had way too much going on for you that you were really excited about. And there are plenty of learning how to just say no. Because, and I know you're supposed to be like, oh, I'm with my family. I'm safe. Even if even those that have families that be thugged out. Mm-hmm. Some people got cousins that murderers. But you know that you're going to be safe with that person. They're not going to bring that shit around you because you're family. And they still have that sort of protection over you. Right. Clearly, that was not the case here. That was not the case. You know what I'm saying? You got to know who's with the shit and who ain't. And I think the problem was she went along. So technically, I guess she was with the shit, you know? But that would also be, like, you can turn it around. And Latanya, if you know your cousin with the shits and you gonna argue in the end that you are not, don't step out with that nigga with guns. Like, it was a bad move on the jump. Because it, it wasn't, we couldn't find so much about these Kurt documents, but what I can assume is that she went with him. No, she was, no, no, never mind, because they were at his house. He was like, oh, but here's the thing. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would have tried everything that I could to make sure that my trial was after Shaquan's. Because all of those things, Shaquan, and, and she went to trial before Demelia even pled guilty which is crazy, before she gave her confession. So part of her plea deal could have been to help testify at your trial, which you probably could have finagled. She didn't say that she heard anything about um, him taking the gun from you. However, she could have testified more about who he was and why you may have been scared and may have been in this circumstance in the first place. I don't know how to do that. Maybe request, put in a whole bunch of things. I don't know. I'm sure that good lawyers have ways of clogging up the system so that their trial date gets pushed. I'm not, I would hope so at least. I don't know. It may be a finesse. Maybe I'm telling secrets. But I hope my lawyer is in the art, is good in the art of getting things done the way they need to be done. But I definitely think if her trial was after everybody else's or at least everybody else's um, plea, 
she would have had more grounds to stand on. Yeah. It wasn't even out at the time about the five murders. Like, not, I'm don't have a record, and I happen to be hanging out with my cousin who, yeah, he has a record, which I think of is just, like, drug charges, right? I'm like, oh, you know, he sold a weed, went to prison. He has weed, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever he sold, I don't know. And I had no idea that he had... I just came home from spring break. I had no idea that prior to this, he had already killed three people. Right. Like, we acting like it's a spur moment thing, and this is just what you do. And this is not my gun, you know? It's not my weapon. So I definitely think that... um, I don't know. So what do you think? Do you think that she actually did it because she wanted to or did she do it because of Shaquan? Maybe a little bit of both. Because honestly, I think she did want to shoot a gun and I think she felt like you ever, and I think it's probably a lack of maturity, but you ever been in a situation where you tried to play it cool and you realized you wasn't cool, but you were too afraid to bitch out, like for real peer pressure, you were too afraid Mm -hmm. to bitch out and found yourself in some trouble. You knowing it's wrong, you knowing that you don't want to do it, but you're just like, I'm in this deep, how can I turn around? And then did it because she missed I'm trying to figure out how she missed one shoots one in the head and the other in his ass like her shots are all over the place but honestly I really would have rather missed that person shoot them in their limb or something if I'm so afraid I'm gonna just act like I can't shoot it like miss twice shoot it all over the place in a leg or something you know what I mean I probably just shoot to the left shoot to the right and be like, oh, I can't handle it, bro. You got, like, I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, but at least yeah. it shows that you were trying to dodge the person. You hit them in the head. It's not even that you didn't want to shoot the person. You shot to kill. Now, the nigga mm-hmm. in his ass, I think he'd much rather be shot in the ass than the head. And then you talking about Shaquan would have killed me if I did it. Y'all both armed. And it's quicker to shoot that pistol than that shotgun. If that's the case. So parole or no parole? It was 19 when this happened? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. No parole. It was just, like, way too stupid, you know? Like, there's literally no motive except for I wanted to shoot a gun and I was scared of my cousin. So, like, I don't know. You just gonna have to make the best of the life you can inside. I hope your daughter comes and visits you. And I hope you make some real change behind those walls. Well, she get she get paroled when she's like 93 or something, right? She's eligible for parole after 93 years. Ah, she probably ain't getting out. <laughs> I don't think she'll live that long. So I guess she's in there. She ain't really got no choice. And um I think. I think if I I parole her, it's going to be like sick release and you're dying of cancer and you can have like your death with your daughter who you never really got to hang out with or something, you know? But like to the point where you really can't be a harm to us because you're dumb like or you were at the time. Like you just made bad decisions for no reason. Because you want to be out there talking about, I want to do hood rat shit with my friends. Well, look what hood rat shit got you. I don't know, friend. I have to disagree with you. I think wow, that she needs to never. serve a 
significant amount. I knew you were, because I was thinking about this for a while. And I, I think that she does need to serve a significant amount of time. I think that it was completely sen- senseless. And, but I definitely think that taking, taking into account that she had never gotten in any trouble whatsoever before this and then the one time that she in the time that she hangs out with her badass cousin who we know is convicted and and capable of doing all these things who we know has killed more than once he killed in february march and april and in february march and april she was not around not darnelia but latonia was not around So why do I have to have this huge, harsh sentence when, yeah, it was something fucking dumb? But you have to take into account that I was on my spring break with my cousin doing shit. I did not plan on being in that situation. I definitely think that she did not listen to the red flag. She did not listen to her gut feeling. Because if I'm going, if I want to go shoot guns with, with my cousin and he says, oh, we can go shoot, I would expect to not be holding the gun just willy-nilly in my pocket. Because if you've never shot a gun, then more than likely you've never held a gun. So you don't even know if the gun's safety is on, off. And clearly, and I doubt that you actually turned the safety off. So that means that you were walking around with a gun that didn't have a safety on, you ain't even fucking know it. So when you let her out? I think it's clear that she is at least trying to make some type of impact. She also wrote a letter. Um, they The New, New Jersey was saying that parolees should was passed this law about parolees being able to vote back mm-hmm. in, I think it was like two, th- it mm-hmm. was a while ago, but I saw it on newspaper.com. And she wrote a letter that was a part of that talking just about the system and how it sticks to you and how um, it's not fair and how her voice, you know, you're, you still have a voice because they're still human. So shouldn't they have some type of voice in what's going on? Because at the end of the day, I think you they know, should be able to vote. That's a huge part of the population. It is a huge part of the population. I think they're scared because a lot of people are going to be for the Democratic vote. Yeah. You know? And so they don't want that. I mean, I can see that. Probably not because, you know, there are a lot of people in prison. But, like, if if the Democrats say I'm going to get out on my drug drug charge, then so be it. That's so scary. There is this commercial. I was in in Texas for a little while, and the Republican candidate um, for governor had this commercial— and it was like day after day, season, you know that song. Mm-hmm. And then it was a black woman on there, and she held up a picture of like her son, and she was like, "My son was murdered this day to say this day, the murderer went to prison and then was let out on parole. After he the murderer was left out on parole, he killed other people. Why would the state allow?" my son's murderer to be let out on parole, you know, pre-trial. And so that was her argument against uh, Beto. And I was like, hmm, that's a very good argument. However, like, and I was about to say that about... That same position. Right, because at that point, if you murdered somebody, you're a threat to society. You don't need to be paroled out. And I was thinking about that with Shaquan, too. At first, I was like, well, damn, he had just got out of prison. Why would they let him out? But he got off of prison on drug charges Mm -hmm. and then went on a murder spree, which is like, my boy, what are you doing? Whatever the fuck he wanted. She was 18. I'd probably give her a smooth... 
18, 19, I'd probably give her a smooth 45 to 50 years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She just need to be old. That's what I said. Let her be old. By then, she was going to be... Let her be old, but Tazzy, you said you said she can sit there for... She's not eligible for parole for 92 years. She got to be 100 and something. I know, but then I said maybe she's old and there's like... Like I said, is she sick or something? Not just, or old and not no, I think really... that she. I think that she can... I think that she can earn her release. She gonna be old after forty five years. She's gonna be old, yes, but sixty. I, she's gonna have to do a lot 60. of. Yeah, she still have life, but not too many people are committing murders at the age of sixty. But also on top of that, I think it just gives you a lot of time to do the work. She she really needs to do the work. I think that she is doing the work. I mean, she's clearly getting degrees, but also you have to take into account that. This was her first ever crime, and it was under the peer pressure of this somebody else. This is her first else. ever crime so what that is she the got What is the likeliness that she will reoffend? There wasn't a high likeliness that she would fit, offend in the first place. So, but do we know that? Is this her only crime, or is this the only never crime know she that. got? We never know for? that, right? Who are you today? Who am I today? I'm just saying. Yeah. It just. I, I don't know. I definitely, I, I don't I, think it needs, I think she can earn her way out. I do. She probably could earn her way out. Like, knowing me at and the I end of the day, she, needs to, she probably could earn her way out, but she needs and I probably, to sit there. And I'll probably still try to fight for a retrial because there's, there's a lot of meat in there that could have been dissected a little bit more to at least get a, grant a lighter sentence. I don't opinion. think I would have gave her a life sentence, though. And also, like, like a life sentence plus 30 years. I don't know that I would have did that. I think it was just such such a shock. Yeah. And I think so that's what it is. It's so appalling. And, and the biggest part is like the victim. And I really think the fact that they did not know the victims really played a part in it. Like, it, it's for just the, like the, anybody the could have like, We don't even know y'all. Yes. They didn't do nothing. I could see if they had enemies. You know what I'm saying? They got into some bad debt, some gambling problems. They don't even know y'all. And y'all can even get away with their car. Like some dummies. But Shaquan, you can stay in there for a long time, child. All right. Well, I guess that's that. That's the end of the show. Oh, my gosh. We did it. All right. This review comes from Throned Grimlock 78. Five stars. Top notch from Uncle Rooster. Top notch storytelling. You women have a flawless gift of painting pictures with words. Outstanding work. Keep it up. Thank you, Unc. Uh, you know Rooster from, uh, you know Rooster from Annie. They were like, Mm-hmm. That's my that is my favorite character. <laughs> um, this one is from Red Girl the Poet. It says exceptional show, amazing vibe. I love this podcast. I love the way you ladies put their special little twist. I love the way the ladies put their special little twist on each story. Sometimes I find myself laughing at the commentary, although the stories are so serious. Keep it up, ladies. Do the damn thing. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Yes. All right, y'all. That is the end of this show. Oh, my gosh. This is short. I know, right? I feel like we sped through, though. Uh, we did. We were... When we were doing it, we were doing it. You know what I mean? All right, y'all. If you want to keep up with us, you can do it on a multitude of platforms. You can follow us on Instagram, which we will have pictures from this case up at 
at Sisters Who Kill Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Sisters Who Kill. Follow us on TikTok at Sisters Who Kill Podcast and join the discussion group. Um, that's all I got. Anything else, friend? Talk to us. We talk back. Bye.